Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overexposed, a BWRM podcast where we delve into the ins and outs of running a real estate photography and videography business. My name is Dave Temple. And my name is Jackie Kirk. Today's guests are a husband and wife team who joined BWRM in the New South Wales town of Richmond in 2017. Two years ago, they made the move to Queensland to start up with BWRM in Moreton Bay. And they've done all of this while bringing up four children. We want to try and find out how on earth they have the time. Welcome, Ben and Sarah Proctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. You guys, husband and wife team, how did you meet? We have been family friends since we were uh, probably toddlers. And so, you know, grew up together, went to the same school, things like that. Um, But we didn't really start dating or get together until after high school. Did you both always work in the creative space or how did you, what was the appeal in photography? How did you end up doing real estate photography? I think we um, both only ever dabbled in the photography as a hobby. And then um, two years into marriage, we decided it would be great to have a business and work together. Said no one ever. (laughs) 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 We were up to giving it a go. Um, and so we were, weren't sure exactly what that was going to look like. Um, but we found and added a newspaper that led us to start in real estate photography. So it was the main appeal to working together in a family business? True. Yeah. We did want to have that flexibility that would come with, um, being available as we would grow our family being so newly married. And what working background did you both have? Um, I was doing recruitment. Um, like in the recruitment agencies, putting people into jobs. And at the time, I was doing uh, youth work and some study and things like that. And so then you you start this business together. What did that look like? Did you have very separate responsibilities or were you doing a similar sort of thing? We started it mostly Ben carried on work and I was on maternity leave with our first. Um, and, yeah, Solly was on me and it felt like – it was going to be a part-time role initially, and then it very quickly grew to being full-time. So we had to look at the structure and how that would um, run with the kids. So how did it um, – you said you were on maternity leave. So did you join, train, and then fall pregnant, or were you growing the business while pregnant? What was the sort of timeline? Yes. Um, we had a one-year-old, and then – I not long fell pregnant. So we started after our first was one and then I would have been training and we started to build the business by then um, and had our second one within a year of that training and starting the business. So she was a welcome surprise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I just, it's, it just blows my mind how you still managed to build a successful business because the demands of growing a business from scratch and then also the demands of having two very small children. Did you? How did you make that work? Ben very quickly jumped on board and um, learnt all of the on-the-ground photography side. Uh, so once we had our second, he was doing all the photo shoots and I was staying at home. Um, and then... I would jump out on the road and book in time in between photo shoots to pop home and breastfeed uh, and just to try and make it work because we could, we could be flexible having our own business. So we, yeah, grew up from there. And I think being in a small rural town, 
the agents were all very understanding of family work-life balance. And so, you know, walking properties, heavily pregnant, um, it did get to a point where I sometimes had a baby in a pouch um, through the years, which is probably not very professional. But when an agent was desperate to get a a listing live, uh, I had let them know that was the only option if they wanted to go ahead. Yeah, I've done that. I've taken my daughter to to photo shoots and tried to put them off and say, look, maybe we can do it another time. She has a sleep at certain times. And they were just saying, no, 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 bring her. It'll be fun. And you're like, yeah, will it be fun? (laughs) Yeah. It's not always easy with them tagging. But I guess if you've built that relationship with the agents, they'd rather have you there. So did you find that that was a big part of it? Yes, I would say the relationship became, um, it, it was a staple to helping them be flexible with our family responsibilities and yeah, working in the timeline for their marketing. At some point, obviously, there's going to be a day where you, you literally can't show up to work. How did you deal with that situation where, where obviously, I don't know how long you took off before the next child was born, but how did you deal with that? And Ben, how did you get to the stage where you were, you were able to cover the work? I think we sort of started to realize what, where, where the business was taking us. And then so I was able to start making moves early in the piece uh, to sort of probably wind back the amount of work I was doing outside of the photography. Um, and also there was the, the work that I was seeking out was things that were sort of adjust, like were able to be adjusted. Um, I remember taking a management job um, and I sort of told them at, in the interview, I said, well, look, we have this business that I get, a, I get called away from, or called away to, I should say, from time to time based on the scheduling and things like that. And they were really good with that. And they just said, look, as long as you're, you know, upfront with your time, you're doing what you need to from our end, we're, we're happy with that. So I think in that sense, we were quite fortunate um, because that's not everyone's story. But the, I think the key was predicting or not predicting, but actually planning for what was coming uh, based on the family growth and also the business growth. So that's planning for that. Um, and also just being completely open and honest with, you know, the current employee employers about what's going on. And um, it served us well. And how did you find it going from what you were doing to to suddenly working with real estate agents and and being responsible for taking photos and and all the rest of it? I think like everyone, you have amazing times of enjoying it where you have like this dream home and the agent that you're working with is someone that you click with and the vendor just happens to be the most catering and nice, pleasant person on earth. Um, And then you go to the next one that is nothing of what I just described. Um, So you go through, and we've all been there, and you go through these waves, um, you know, it can be through the week, it can be just in a singular day um, in terms of, you know, this is what what it is now. But I think the transition and making that decision to sort of put more time into the business was uh, so much more rewarding in in the greater sense, I should say, Um, not only, you know, financially, but also in terms of, really that whole work-life balance and just the fact that the trade-off in terms of the hours that you're putting in for the return um, and just, you know, also again, being able to just, it was the outcome of, of jobs was quite rewarding. You were able to see within 24 hours, the outcome of your work, you know, as, as photos and things like that, the processing comes back and you, you know, you see, so it, it has, I would say if I was to compare it to other, other jobs, other businesses, um, it's something that gives you probably more quicker guaranteed 
uh, satisfaction in what you're doing. It's it's it doesn't have to take long before you are, you know sort of can stand by what you've done and be proud of it. So you both built this business up, and Sarah, you said it it grew pretty quickly. How did that happen? Because it can sometimes take quite a long time to grow a business. What was the sort of timeline of growing it from scratch to where it was providing a sustainable income? I would say it grew very quickly because being a small town, um, everyone knows everyone and everyone talks to everyone. So uh, it very quickly grew through word of mouth. Um, marketing was never my strong point, so it wasn't easy for me to consider the sales that would come into play around that. Um so it grew, I would say, within, would you say a year, Ben, or was it? I would probably meet you in the middle and say it was around 18 months or so where it would sort of, it went from a couple of agents to then just sort of um, doubling in terms of the, the amount of clients that we had. Um, and again, yeah, as Sarah said, it was just via, you know, word of mouth. And so it, it just, that that in itself probably... We again, we as I said earlier, we started planning for, but we didn't plan for how quickly it would start to grow and take on, um, and the phone calls that we were receiving in terms of, hey, I've just seen your work um, come out, you know, either online. Actually, back in back in well, not so long ago, it was, you know, I just saw your work in the paper. <laughs> um, can you can you come and shoot for us? Um, so uh, that that was that was it, it was an amazing time, but also it was a very um, full on time of how how are we going to continue to do this and what does it look like. Were you doing, you said you're not comfortable with sales. Did you do much sales initially? We did have to. Uh, ben was a s- stronger at the sales side. So we went into the offices. We had all of our marketing folder and um, popped into the offices and tried to become a friendly face and just be familiar, I guess. And we did that to most of the offices in the area. And a few were happy to give us a go after offering a trial. Um, and then that's how it spread. So if you jumped on board with us and then they were very quickly explaining to the other agents in the area that uh, who they were then using because it was noticed that their marketing was different. Wow. And so you got it to the point where it was really busy. What was the division of labor like at that point with the two of you? At that point, I was doing all on the ground. So the photography and floor plan side and the back end processing and invoices and Ben jumped on board with all of the aerial photography side. In terms of that balance with family sort of um, carrying on the, like the household and, and all that sort of things. And, and to mention to what Sarah said previous, there would be literally times where I drive the kids out for her to be able to breastfeed in between, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, a day to not, a, you know, waiting for a twilight or something like that. That was also my job for a period wow. of time. So, Yeah. That sounds like a very modern family. <laughs> the benefit of um, of doing the, the drone work, Ben, is that it is more flexible. It can be done whenever. You can kind of fit it in a bit more, uh, bit easier than um, if you were doing the groundwork as well. I, I agree with that. I think we've found that it's a lot more flexible up here in Queensland. Living in Richmond um, next to um, an RFAAF base, um, I had to be a little bit more um, rigid in my time and planning for that. But again, yes, it was. We had so much accommodation and understanding from the agents we worked with that quite often Sarah would just say, "Hey, look, Ben actually can't meet us there for that time frame. Can he do it prior, pre or post? You know, the, the job booking." And they were so good most of the time. So good about, yeah, that's fine. Um, and so we worked with that to the best we could. 
um, and it, it seemed to it seemed to work somehow. At what point did you think this is too much work? Had it been long in the business before you said it grew much faster than you expected? How long until you kind of got went, whoa, this is too much? I think we brought on a contractor maybe at about four years. So at that point, I think we just had our third and um, or just about to. And we brought, brought someone on very part-time. It was very hard to fully pass on that responsibility and let someone else be the face. I can see the benefit, but it didn't come without its challenges. So we brought on a contractor that, yeah, filled in that gap a little bit as we grew. And how did you find the contractor? A lot of people, that's the first question they kind of ask is like, where on earth do I find someone um, to trust? True. This person ended up being a friend. Um, We knew he was in the creative space. Um, mainly around dance actually, and had dabbled in photography. So our first contractor ended up starting with our equipment, which isn't advisable, um, but I think we were at a point where we just needed some help. So we started that way. The second contract we found was uh, just a local family photographer. Oh, and did that make a big difference to you guys? It did create a, um, an opportunity to be more flexible with time now knowing that we had photo shoots every day um, being full, then we could be available to go to school. Then, yeah, school pickup and school responsibilities had started by then. So it created opportunities to be able to do that more evenly. I know Ben was running a lot of that. um, So I was able to then tag along as well. Moving forward then, you got to the point uh, two years ago where you guys – then you'd built up this business, you have all the like a few contractors working for you in these relationships, and you made the decision to move to Queensland. What was behind that decision? There's multiple layers to that <laughs> answer, right, I guess, <laughs> and, 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 and why we did what we did. Um, some of it was uh, a, lot, a big chunk of it was lifestyle. We knew that we just um, loved the idea of Queensland and, and what it, it, it um, it gives in terms of it's just its lifestyle, its weather, and all those sorts of things. So that that was a big part of why we did what we did. Um, also, my parents, who you know, I'm I've, I'm the only child that's in the country for them. Um, so you know, they live up here, and so it was it was an opportunity to be closer to them as they uh, get on in age. Um, uh, it was probably a closer point of, of reference for. Um, Sarah's family, who most of them live in Coffs Harbour, um, and so there were all, in terms of the family connections there, that those were those reasons. Um, yeah, I think also just yeah, in, gen- in general, just sort of affordability and just again that combination of allowing the kids to be able to have a different sort of lifestyle. Um, you know, both Sarah and I grew up in Sydney, love Sydney, but we also want, you know wanted something a bit different for our, for our immediate family and for our kids to experience. And so once you've decided to to move to Queensland, what was your original plan in terms of what to do with the business? Was it to carry it on remotely or as you have, or was it to to sell and uh, start again? What, what was your thinking? In the early stages of conversations, I think it was just one of those things that, oh, we could try and sell it. Um, but if not, we'll just, it is what it is. We've had a good run, but we know we, we want to move. And so that was the mindset in the beginning. Um, but it wasn't until we started to really Really, and this was this was by the way, this whole transition probably was over about a three year period for us and being a family and having a business it wasn't something that was taken lightly, and we knew we had to plan into it um, a little bit better than 
maybe the average just single person deciding to move into state. And so as we were having conversations with people around us, there was, there was a, a guy, young guy that I worked with, um, who was also in the creative space from a very amateur level, but was actually producing quite some pretty, um, cool sort of video and photo, um, photo work and things like that. And, um, was interested himself in, 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 in drone and all, all of what that offers and things like that. So we started having conversations and, he didn't realize what was going on, but I had a very intentional conversation one day about, and, and sort of putting out there about what we were doing in our plans and needing someone that had, you know, wanted a difference of lifestyle and things like that. And so before we knew it, he was showing some great interest, um, which was maybe slightly orchestrated on my part, but it was great. Um, and um, it, it was it, it was then that when we started really having those conversations with him that we realized at this point in time that we could probably – keep the business for now, run it from a contractual point of view, and then, uh, you know, have plans in the pipeline for it to be sold uh, at, at that point to, to him. And so that's that's honestly how we started planning um, in terms of even with the agent. So we brought him on as our new contractor and he actually started doing a lot more of the work than any other contractor used to do, probably would do sometimes upwards of 50 to 60% of the work during the week. It just meant that it actually freed both Sarah and I up. And also if we were going to get someone to really literally take over the business arm and relational arm of, of the business, I should say, um, we needed we needed that contractor to do a lot more of the work in order to get you know up to scratch. Uh, and so that started happening. Um, we started having slight conversations with with agents but we really didn't talk about it with them too much um initially it was just the fact that we brought him on and he started working for us a lot more having the having the four kids i think naturally agents just thought okay this is great because you know obviously the lifestyle side of things and the family um they didn't need to put time into their kids and so it was it was all received really really well really really well in the in the in the beginning that's amazing because that's a big fear i think for people when they bring on a contractor and start to hand over the relationships in particular um is how the agent's going to take it so for your agents mm. to be so understanding and welcoming is is amazing quite a comforting thought well the, the other thing is that i i know that and i know that you you won't say as much sarah but i know that you're the relationships that you guys have with the agents in in Richmond are very strong, and that's you know the referrals and all of those things that go on, and the, the fact that people follow you from agency to agency, you know it's a, it's a credit to the way you've built the business. You, you almost don't need to be good salespeople when you get you get one job and you just get referrals from there. So presumably, when you looked for a contractor, you know you said it's a strength being in a small town that everybody kind of knows you, but presumably you have to be careful about who you choose as a contractor for the same reasons. Yes, that's very true. Um, it, yeah, the word can spread very quickly as to how it's going with the change. I think the relationship side, we very quickly establish that trust with the agents, just showing the detail of care in the property. But it was also remembering the details about the agent's family or that they just had a grandchild and what their name was or, uh, yeah, just key things throughout their day from the last time you had a conversation with them remembering those details i think grew that relationship very quickly because they can see that you care also about them as a person but when you looked for a contractor was it was it with that in mind or was it more about the technical side or was it a bit of both what what did you look for first i think the ability to be able to produce the work so you could see they had the creative eye 
but also very um, relatable, caring, and a soft nature was a common trait that we noticed. So someone that wasn't quick to talk but quick to listen, that was helpful in the scenarios because often a vendor or agent are talking and if you want to catch the details, you need to be good at listening. So that was a key characteristic that I thought would be important in a contractor for us. You know, that's really interesting because one of my contractors used to work for you, Sarah, and I think that something that sets her apart is her gentle nature and her her calmness and, and the, the pleasure she is to work with on site. Um, it's definitely something that sets her apart. I know who that is. So she is she's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. So you planned it all out that the business would continue to run and you – did the smart things like giving the the new contractor a lot more responsibility so that he was building up those relationships himself. Once you made the move to Queensland, how did it go with the business running remotely? You've done all your planning, but in yeah, in that situation, did it did it go well? Did it continue to run well? Maybe the one of the only people that could say that uh, COVID was actually an asset to us. I say that carefully because we were all in a stage that you know, we moved during lockdown. And so there was no face-to-face anyway. It was very, very minimal, if I can put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so we had already been in a sense for the last six plus months practicing what it looked like to run a business with minimal to no face-to-face contact. Uh, The agents were already up to speed with that sort of communication. Um, Our contractor was, the vendors were, you know, in in that state of mind. And so it was almost like the the tangibility and the face-to-face factor of what we do as photographers really did sort of shift and change, as we all know, during that time frame. So I would count that as an asset and a positive to what we were doing in the timing by which we moved. Um, We also, and I'm hopefully not saying too much more than what Sarah would, but I also think we took, it was literally taking one day to one week at a time, just seeing how it's going. Um, One thing that was very clear and made evident to the agents that at any time that they needed, um, you know, we or Sarah herself would make make herself available to come back down for, you know, larger jobs, um, more prestigious properties, anything that, that, you know, the agent particularly needed in terms of, um, you know, the right touch, the right angle, all that sort of stuff. And we, we made that, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't something like, okay, you know, we're never stepping foot back in New South Wales again. We will never see you again. It was not like that. It was very open-ended um, <laughs> while hoping that, that we wouldn't be called back down, if I can say it, put mm-hmm. it that way. But it was just, it was, it, was, it, was, it was part of that relationship and sort of that, you know, it was like sort of if this isn't a final goodbye, this is just goodbye for now. And I think looking back, that was a really smart move because it actually allowed for the transition to not be so finite. Um, and everyone was kind of in this thing of, Oh no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then it just, it just started moving and actually functioning quite well from that point. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Maintaining the relationships on the phone side, I think helped to carry that trust because you're continuing that, you know, care factor through the phone and they know you're reliable through your contractor. So I feel like it was carried through that way as well. So were you still taking all the bookings and doing the general running of the business, the invoicing, all of that stuff, approving the jobs, everything like that? 
Yes. So on our end with our contractors, I maybe stayed a little bit too hands-on, but all bookings came in through me um, and we just had a shared Google Calendar and I would invite the contractor that would be attending that job and and I would also add the agent. So we had everyone on board that was going to the job in the calendar and then I would produce the – I would add in the job. I I would also load up the photos so I would pre-see which photos cut down if they only wanted 12 photos. I would pick the ones that I would have taken because before a contractor came into place, they would just say take 12 photos and they weren't giving any instructions. So to maintain that, I told our contractors to take a few extra and they were all being sent to me and then I would pick the, the number that was booked in. And so I was just doing the admin side, I, would, I guess you would say, all the back end and then invoices as well. And were you guys planning then on also starting up a new business doing the same thing in uh, Moreton Bay? Yes. So we knew it would take a bit of a juggle knowing that we were still hands-on and had to be available um, somewhat to the agents within the Hawkesbury area. Mm. But we thought we would give it a go growing it up here and just thought there was no pressure to grow it quickly. So we've just taken time. Uh, and again, the agents that we have on board, we've had one sales meeting. Sorry, I lied. We've had two sales meetings and we've got seven agents on board up here. So that's been also through word of mouth. We seem to have got a lot of the boutique smaller agents, but that's where word of mouth travels through the locals and through those that know each other. So that's really interesting because how does Morton Bay – I actually don't know – I don't know Queensland very well, but how does Morton Bay compare to Richmond in terms of is it a, a same size sort of town? It's much bigger. It is bigger and, and, and part of what we did in Richmond, it was probably for the Hawkesbury region, so it was bigger than just outside of Richmond uh, itself. Mm-hmm. But Morton Bay is you know, much larger in terms of um, population and the number of houses and agencies. Um, it's, it's huge, yeah. It's interesting because I always thought when you think of different types of marketing and what you do in big cities versus small towns, small towns, obviously um, a lot of word of mouth and that sort of thing. But it sounds like the type of marketing is just really suited to you guys and what works for you and you're getting lots of referrals. And that doesn't seem like it's actually necessarily because of the area you're in, but more because of the relationships and the work you do. Would you say that's right? I think very quickly the agents can see the detail that you take to straighten the cushions or make sure it's even or the quilt. Just the detail, bringing props in from one room into another room. They, they've they just made comment that, oh, our old photographer wouldn't move a thing. They'll just come in, take the photo and move on to the next room. And I think showing that you care about the end result of what you're producing makes a big difference and hence why they're happy to quickly re- refer you to their other agents that they work with or know of. I'm sort of fascinated in how you both manage to organise yourselves because is it right, Ben, you've got two part-time jobs, you've now got four kids, you've, you're running a business remotely and running a business in Moreton Bay. How do, you, how do you find the time? Oh, we just don't sleep. It's probably the best plan. No, that has. Um, I yeah. Well, I think I think what was said before about the calendar is so key. And we were probably, I don't know, we probably were being groundbreaking when we didn't know we were being groundbreaking. We've been using the same sort of calendar and trying to sync everything that we do for many years. 
Um, and without this sounding like some sort of relationship podcast, it is communication. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have to, we have to be in constant communication. And yes, there is breakdown. Like Sarah's like, oh, there's a drone tomorrow. Oh, great. You know, and that those things happen, you know, um, but we also just got to work with it. So I think, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know, Dave, I think, um, really being communication and open to each other's schedule. Um, and being a little bit as uh, being as flexible as is possible while keeping professional, if that all makes sense. So being open, mm. but being professional in what we're doing in both sides and what we're representing. Definitely came with its challenges. Andrew used to do, we used to have a similar setup. He used to do my drone for me. And I think we're not as gentle as personalities as you guys are and we had quite a few big clashes and the main thing was just being really clear about who was responsible for what because otherwise it's just a 50-50 split so if you disagree there's no tiebreaker and you just kind of are at loggerheads so we found saying okay well you're responsible for this decision ultimately and I can give you my input but I just need to accept your decision in this sort of matter and I'm responsible for this area of the business having that division of of almost leadership made a huge difference to us do much of that or is it really just more communication oh no what you've just described that's Sarah this is Ben this is what you need to go and do and then and that's it and I I do it (laughs) and it's worked well (laughs) That's worked well. I know one of the things that's difficult when you run a business from home, and particularly if both partners are in in the business, very difficult to to know when to switch off. Do you have a? You said you're organised in terms of the calendar. Do you have a a sort of schedule where you say after eight o'clock, you know, it's all it's all done, or do you just carry on? I have a tendency to just carry on and get what needs to be done done and completed. But there is at times through the years we've said, oh, let's set aside this night to be intentional because to not talk about work or business, but to take time with each other. Um, mm. So we, we've done that in, in waves, but not as consistently through all the years, I would say. When you start referring to your partner as photographer number one, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It is interesting working together, isn't it? Because it's a level of closeness that you really do understand what the other person's going through and what sort of day they're having. But it doesn't doesn't leave you to a whole lot to talk about at the end of the day if you've both experienced everything. So, um, yeah, it's I think it's pretty remarkable that you've managed to make it work so well, plus with the pressures of four small children. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> I find too that the industry that we're in, where it's it's somewhere along the line that you'll come across agents, um, you know, singular or plural, that actually work with um, family, whether it's their own, you know, partners or you know, siblings or parents or that somewhere along the line there's family involved. And so when we sort of show up to a job and we're a family union unit or a partnership, um, I would say ninety five percent of um, the reception has been really positive. You know, they, they, they mm. really like, they really like what we're bringing to the table. But I also, but again, it's because of the industry and that, oh, look, there's other people that actually involve family or partners or friends, you know, close friends, whatever that may be. So moving forward, guys, is your plan to just kind of keep running Richmond remotely and building out Morton Bay or do you have a different idea? Yeah, we have a different idea. We, we came to the conclusion that uh, if we were to sort of continue to grow up here, and put our sort of efforts up here in terms of 
um, just everything that's involved with what's going on, uh, we probably needed to think about selling what was going on in the Richmond area because it just ultimately wouldn't be sustainable for us um, in terms of everything else that we're juggling. So we're currently in that process right now of, um, you know, we advertised and then we found an interested party and we're probably coming towards, you know, the, the, um, the home run on that opportunity for someone else to be able to take over that business there in Richmond. So that's a really interesting perspective that I think a lot of people don't consider when they're thinking about starting this sort of business. They just think of working for themselves and running a business and earning a living and all that sort of thing. But Dave, you've also sold a business. So the idea that you're you're growing an asset as well, I think it just is such a huge tick in the box of job versus home business. Um, probably a question for all of you guys having gone through that process, is there anything that you would say to people to plan for that will make a big difference in the long term that if you do want to grow something as an asset to sell? I think learning not to be so hands-on and training, taking if you're not in a hurry, take that time to do really thorough training with your contractors so they can almost mimic and represent you on the ground. So then the expectation from an agent is very versatile, but they also trust whoever you put in that place. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Remember to take yourself out of the business. You don't get sold with the business. So at some point you're going to be taken out of it. So, um, yeah, find those places where the business relies only on you and start to um, remove the reliance. I was going to cheekily ask how many more kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, I, I can cheekily say no more from me. We've stopped that one. <laughs> so we'll, have to, we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> yeah, no more. We're done. That would add some um, tension on site. Um, <laughs> look, I just think it's it's phenomenal what you guys have been able to do. I've, like, I've, I've run my business with one child. I can't imagine trying to juggle all of the expectations with, with four. And I think a testament to the relationships that you build up with not only your agents, but with each other. I think it's, yeah, really amazing. Um, I have two final questions for you. What, what would you say the most challenging thing you find about this line of work is? Oh, if I was to pick one thing, I guess it's most challenging is to keep to the high standard that you set from the beginning. Um, I have such a high, I guess, critiquing my own work and you set yourself a really high standard. It's a good thing, but it also can be quite draining in the sense of um, being disappointed with your work or not being completely happy, even though you know the end result is still very good. Mm. Mm. So the pressure that you put on yourself is is the most pressure. Yes, true. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What would you say the biggest challenges are? I think because the juggle that we do do, um, it is it is it's always been a challenge that if there's a vendor or an agent that isn't for whatever reason, most of the time it's the vendor, but not particularly happy with a specific shot or an angle or something that we didn't capture that they really you know they really wanted that special little room that no one else cares about. Um, I think ha- having <laughs> having to go back, to be honest, to go back to um, the location and 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 take that again or, or to take it for the first time. Um, that was always a challenge for me, uh, because, you know, it was just that whole thing of like rejigging the calendar and our time and, and things for Mm. that particular day. Um, so yeah, I would personally get a little bit frustrated 
Um, and it was, it was something that, and obviously you have to not show that at all. Uh, so, you mm-hmm. know, you're bottling that sort of stuff up sometimes. Even though that's your biggest challenge, it's, it's part of the reason why you guys have got so much referral and so much, you know, the talk of the town type thing because, because of the level of um, service you provide. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a positive spin. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when your time is so limited, you just, it, it's so much more valuable. You know, every second is important. Um, what would you say the best parts are? What what do you love about this job? I have loved the flexibility that's come with um, your own scheduling so you know what your calendar looks like. And I've also loved seeing the dream properties, <laughs> almost um, just people that can design really well or architecturally create such a homely, warm space. It's, yeah, those moments that you just love photographing and walking through or filming and then I've sometimes come home and I've said to Ben, can we just sell everything and start all over again? <laughs> <laughs> we never have, but yeah. I've dreamt. Yeah. Oh, I, do, I do it all the time. I come home like, I found our dream house. And he's like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Ben? Favorite things? I, I'm one that's quite, um, I am, I'm not that quiet person that Sarah referred to before. I'm the one that likes to talk a lot. Um, but having said that, I've, I always love sort of going and just engaging with the vendor if, if they're willing, um, or, you know, and just having a good old chat. That's not always, it served me well. And then other times it's really pushed in terms of time frame and, you know, being late to the next job. Um, but just being able to step into someone's life, someone else's life, someone else's story and just be able to just, you know, get to know them, shoot the breeze. Um, and yeah, just talk about life. I, I love that part. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for giving us some of your very, very valuable time. I can't wait to see what you build in Moreton Bay. I've no doubt that you're going to do extremely well. Um, Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, guys.